Ho, 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 leadheads. This is Lefty, the host of the Talking Lead Podcast. I want to wish the Leadhead Brigade a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So just a heads up, this is a Richard episode. And for you longtime Leadheads, you know what that means. We get a little salty. We have fun, uh, but it's all in fun. After we get the shenanigans out of our system, it really leads to some great education and insight into the real-world firearms industry of what's going on currently. So the gun shortage, the ammo shortage, uh, from a manufacturer's point of view. So it's a really good episode, and we're going to have a huge giveaway. So an opportunity for you leadheads to win more prizes. So enjoy the show. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we will see you leadheads in 2021. The media has to keep you scared, don't they? Oh, man, they do. It's unbelievable. We're not over in, uh, we're not over in the UK? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's why they're, like, banning flights from England now or something like that. And they're like, how are we going to keep everybody from partying this Christmas in the UK? Super That'll be like a new rave over there, on it? Exactly. Super COVID. Do you have to wear helmets for that one? Yeah. You gotta it wear a full-on helmet. Through, it can enter through your scalp. <laughs> you can't even look at people. <laughs> if you look at somebody with super COVID, it infects your eyeballs. Yeah. You get it so through eye contact. I was in Turkey for the last two weeks, and honestly, though, their level of lockdown is no thing joke. Like, you're allowed to go to work if you're essential from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday to Friday, but on 9 p.m. on Friday to 5 a.m. on Sunday or Monday, you're not allowed to leave your house. Like if your dog has to shit, he shits in your house. And, and <laughs> it's crazy. It's insane. Like, you're not – you get arrested if you walk out of your house. Did you see and the you know video? No, did you see the video of the chick walking her dog and she took her mask off and picked up the poop? Oh, I think that's fake. I think that's and staged. Put it in and then put her mask back on? Yeah, I think it's staged. You think it is? Hey, can you guys hey, hear me? There's, there's a Top hey. Richard. Can you hear me? Hell why do you look like you're why do you look like you're in a Motel 6? <laughs> because that's what the house looks like. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Because that is his house now. <laughs> yes. It's the mo- it's the Motel Roth. <laughs> it's it's the one right on St. Andrews. Two not. <laughs> He's got, he's got a bed and some mustard and ketchup in the, in the fridge. And, and, a, lamp, and Tito's. Parmesan cheese, so stop. Yeah. And, and a shitload of empty Tito's bottles. Yes. It looks like he picked up that lamp at, at Goodwill for a dollar. <laughs> I, uh, here, uh, it's, it's, come on. Fifty <laughs> percent off, baby. Um, no, I had to move into my. Uh, the bulb costs room. more than the lamp. Almost too bright in my office. Okay. Well, I, I look, look kind of like Andrew looks right now, like half lit up. Andrew half looks straight up homeless. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, all, you have to start masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> at, least have, at least have a house to do this out of. Andrew's in his car. Yeah. If somebody shows a little skin, I can probably get started. <laughs> all right. Why do we have an echo now? It's not me. It literally only does it when you talk, Andrew, so. (laughs) 
We'll solve that problem. Is he supposed to be silent, Richard? Yeah. That's what I yeah. thought. <laughs> so lead heads. Uh, I've been recording all this, so uh, that's a good, oh, good that's a good show starter. <laughs> yeah. So as the title of the show uh, indicates, we are having a very special Richard Christmas episode. And we've got the original Richards, and then we've got the Guido Richard and the Silent Richard joining us also. So let's go around the horn and uh, say hey to all the leadheads. We'll stop. We'll start with Top Richard. Hey, leadheads. How y'all doing? Happy holidays. <laughs> OG Richard. Oh, is that me? That's you. <laughs> Happy freaking holidays, leadheads. <laughs> Tall Richard. I would like to thank everybody through a mask. Um, you know, it's 2020. I would like everybody to keep their social distancing and just understand that this is something serious that we should, whatever, I'm over it. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and hopefully 2021 is way better than 2020's been. Go ahead. Now, Guido, Richard. Leadheads, it's good to be back. It's been a while. Uh, happy holidays. It has been a while. It's been a minute. You've, you've been busy with your own podcast. Yes, I've been busy with my own podcast and my own organization. We'll talk about that. And, <laughs> and of course, Silent Richard. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> what's, up, what's up, Leadheads? How y'all doing? Merry You're echoing bad, dude. All right, let me try something else. Yeah, try down the street. Bro. Maybe turn your volume down just a little bit. <laughs> Mute. Maybe that'll help. Pull into the Taco Bell parking lot and sponge off their internet. Try, try hitting the red hang-up button and see if that get, works. Get out of the Salvation Army parking lot. Move over to the <laughs> Coles or something. He's in the car. Yeah, that a little might better quality. The other guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the holiday spirit, he actually went and got the National Lampoon uh, station wagon, and he's living in the back of it. It's lovely. Clark. Well, I, mean, I, I live there all year. It's just it's just trendy around Christmas. Now you sound like you're doing traffic reports from a helicopter. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> where you're at? This right there is fine. Traffic reporting, Richard. I was about to say he looked like he uh, like like he's an airline pilot. Yeah. <laughs> so, a couple bumps on the on the flight. So it's been a while since we've all gathered. When was the last time? Was it uh, shot show? Did we did we do a show I shot mean, show? I believe it was Shot Show, yeah. And I don't think I released that one because it was so bad. I it may was, have. It, it was pretty bad. I, I I was hopeful that you would not release that one. <laughs> was it Was it Hangover bad or was it? I think it, it might have been Hangover bad. It, yeah, it was an incoherent Hangover bad. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty bad. So most of our good ones have been Hangover induced. No, um, this one was beyond. It, yeah, got it. Yeah, I think that there was no structure. It was just a bunch of. Uh, when is there structure? No, but it was babbling nonsense, and and a lot of it went uh, over the line. <laughs> that was the, that's the key. Make, <laughs> to make it worse, we added, we added Zeke to it, and so that was just like literally pouring gasoline on a fire. That's so, right. Yeah. That's that, right. That that, uh, that upset the, uh, the balance the, of our Richardness. Balance, yes. <laughs> So it's it's the Christmas holidays, and I know some of you are working, and and some of you are off. Corey has got like six months off there at Glock. He's got uh, a great vacation. Hey, I earned every hour of that time off, okay? Every hour. Every second. Because you Absolutely. can't cash it in, right? 
Can't cash it in, but I was teaching a seven year old and eleven year old. I learned I earned every bit of that time off, okay? <laughs> okay. Every bit of it. Well well homeschooling? Oh yeah, three days a week. <clears throat> what does your homeschooling consist of? Uh, a lot of crying, a lot of yelling. Um, <laughs> That's just Corey. Get your ass in here. Get on. Get over here and do this crap now. A lot of nerf. <laughs> no, no nerf. No nerf wall. No nerf guns until homework's done. Finger painting. No, other than me was blood wiping blood off their noses. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, noses. It, it went really wasn't that bad. My daughter's in middle school, so she did her own thing. Yeah, that's a lot more education than you ever got. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it was only from like 8 to 12 every day, so it wasn't that hard. So I wanted, why are your screens going big and then small, big and then small? Do you have some kind of setting you put on there? Who's that, me? Yeah, yours is like flashing. Adam's is flashing. Sodini's is flashing. I haven't, I haven't touched them. They're all out of focus, but they're all there. Okay. I don't know. It's just psychedelic. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, I've never seen that before. Am I coming through? Are you guys seeing me okay? I don't even see you. I don't see I, you. You're the smallest one. Oh, yeah. smallest and Little one. Richard. Smallest Richard. Little Richard is here. <laughs> Let me uh, try turning it off and then turning it back on, see if that works. I'm pretty sure Andrew got pulled over and he's no longer with us. I see you now, Marty. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, Andrew. Andrew's being questioned for vagrancy right now. He's for indecent exposure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Homeless man gets arrested for masturbating outside Toys R Us. Well, congratulations. Now we can't use this episode either. So. <laughs> so we'll we'll go around the horn here, Adam. Uh, what do you do for your Christmas uh, holiday vacation? Well, um, so I, this is, I, I made a lady friend, which I know is going to what? Be, yeah, a subject of ridicule. Um, now we can't use this episode. <laughs> I mean, you make a lady friend everywhere you go. So this like a sigh of relief from every woman in Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> so this is a committed, a committed relationship. In many other States. Yes. <laughs> Adam has left the chat. Yeah. <laughs> So you're in a committed well, relationship, Adam. Well, you know, let's not get into the relationship. It's just uh, so I'm going. Swipe left. You're not going to label it. Yeah, we're not going to put labels on. It's 2020. We don't put labels on things. So she don't listen um, to the show. But, Talk about it. Yeah, well, I'm going to meet the family for the first time, so that's going to be a uh, serious. Yeah, so her family's uh, very, very affluent. So. I'm going to fit right in. They're fluent in um, Spanish or what? Yes. Yes. It's, 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 everybody speaks some sort of Spanish. Um, even if they don't, I just say K. Um, but yeah, so going to go do that in Orlando and uh, probably drink a lot of wine and, and yeah, celebrate this amazing year and, and all that it's had for us. Well, there you go. So you're not going to take them out to the strip club and eat cheeseburgers at 3 a.m.? First off, first off, <laughs> I, I reserve that for my closest of friends. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. We all feel so appreciated. Well, Corey, he doesn't he doesn't know her father that well yet. So yeah, twenty seven. Give me until Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Adam has found love. So oh, eat it. We'll start. We'll call it. We'll call him the Is love. Official. The the love, Richard. What about you, Raphael? Top, Richard. What have I been doing? Um, yeah. Or what am I doing for for the holidays? I'm staying here, man. Um, 
At the Motel 6. At, yes, yes, at the Motel 6. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to travel up to Washington to see my parents. They're old. And, uh, you know, so we're me and my brother are staying away this year. For, I mean, they have to be old if they're still alive. You're like 80. Yes, they are. They are both eighty-three. No, they're seventy. They're seventy-seven. It's old enough. Okay. They had you when they were six. They had me when they were still uh, in test tubes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rafi's the only person older than his parents. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. It's, haven't you read the Guinness Book lately? <laughs> How about you, Silent Richard? You've you've already started yours. You're in uh, North Carolina. Yeah, I'm here in North Carolina at my parents' house, um, doing Christmas, the normal kind of stuff. Not quite as big as usual, but, you know, like, I think a bunch of people have COVID, so they're all staying at their houses, and I already had COVID, so now I'm good. Um, and uh, just hanging out here. Morgan's here, um, so we'll hang out with her parents or her mom a little bit and just kick it. Might go hunting, kick it with some friends, go find some place to party down and violate all the the regulations and lockdowns, you know, just like we do in Nashville every nice. weekend. <laughs> Give That's a big finger the to the establishment. In the world, because we're all still all just partying like crazy. crazy. So you said normal. What's normal? What do you mean, like normal? You said just doing the normal stuff. What's What's normal for for the uh, <clears throat> Brenneman family? I mean, you know, just like eating food, opening presents, just like everybody else. Yeah, getting drunk. No, my family's all Mormon, man. They don't drink. <laughs> so like, you brought your own shine. That's what man, you're saying. Man, I can't drink it. Andrew doesn't drink anymore. Since when? This phone call? About a year. <laughs> no, like, about a year. year. <laughs> he is like literally the most boring person ever now. Huh. I will say no, that's no not reason, true. No stupid. Now we still, just, we still have fun. stupid for no reason. <laughs> now he's got no excuse. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Except one. How about you? How about you, Guido? Mike? I'm staying in Vegas. What y'all I doing gotta, in Vegas? We're kid-free, man. We can do anything we want. Nice. Where'd you send the kids? One of them went to L.A. to visit family. The other one went to Nashville to visit family. Nashville? That's where I'm at. Yeah. They they're, um, they got aunts out there and an uncle. So. Oh. Well, oh. damn. Yeah. Yeah. They went out there to go have some fun. I don't know how much fun you can have. I, I suppose Nashville is better than Los Angeles. Los Angeles is like complete lockdown, but she still wanted to go visit family. They probably should just venture just outside of Nashville to, Mur to Murfreesboro. Now, nah, just come come to go to East Side, man. Like all the bars are open, people are partying. East Side I, not not I, compliant. I let my ten year old daughter know that. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. You're, you're so old. I figured since you were in your twenties. <laughs> Daddy, all the bars are closed. <laughs> Not what you want to hear. Yeah, so that's 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 it. We're just gonna keep it mellow, chill. It'll be nice. Yeah. So y'all doing a, a gift exchange, you and your wife? Yeah, I'm gonna get uh -huh. that gift. It's affection. Uh, you know, I don't know what's the acronym: affection, nurture, analyze, and love. That's the. <laughs> That was massage, BJ, HJ. You're missing it. So if you take the first letter. First letter of each word. 
acronym? It's a, what what no. are you spelling out there? It's what a you very Christmas. <laughs> That's what Marty gets every year for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> from his brother. From Andrew. Every year. That's no, what Andrew really, gives me. I miss seeing you guys, man. I wish we, it's crazy that we don't have shows anymore to do this stuff live. I know, man. I, I missed um, NRA. It was supposed to be in Nashville. Damn it. The last time we NRA was in Nashville, I'm pretty sure is when everything kind of we either all went to shit or we all became friends because that was an absolute. That was when I met you, Mike Guido Richard, and I made you puke in an alley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. think you made him, but you were there. He encouraged he con- it. He incur- contributed it. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Five or six years ago. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but um, we just joined the Full Thirty channel and we're having a super huge giveaway which uh, some of you are taking part of. And if you leadheads want to do that, as you're listening to this episode, you've only got like two days left to enter. Uh, we're going to end that. I think it's Christmas Eve, and we'll have a winner by Christmas or so. We'll announce the winner. But you can go to our Instagram page or Facebook page. There's links there to the, to the giveaway. We've got over $10,000 in prizes, and uh, we configured those into five packages and each of those packages has a firearm in it, a gun. And with that gun, there's an additional like two grand in prizes. So uh, you want to make sure that you go and, and sign up for that if you haven't done it yet. I know we've got, uh, I don't know, somewhere around 100,000 signups so far. So uh, probably most of you leadheads have, have signed up. But tell a buddy, tell a friend, and it'd make a great Christmas present if somebody, somebody were to win that. Somebody, somebody getting a phone call? Is that Santa calling? Yeah, it, it said I was being naughty. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's cute that Marty did that plug like he's going to be able to use this show. <laughs> <laughs> I am an editing genius, and I will use this show. This show will get used. <laughs> well, maybe we actually talk about some real content about what's going on in our industry and stuff, and you get some stuff. Well, that's actually... what we're that's what we're going to do, and I wanted everybody just to kind of uh, get caught up. With the Richards, since we haven't had the Richards on in a while, uh, but what you know, what's the biggest thing going on in our industry right now? I mean, putting out fires. Yeah, <laughs> putting out fires. <laughs> yeah. Not only I'm that, like, but lack of product in Biden. Lack of product in Biden is what Andrew says. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so for for us, you know, I think. Everybody's scrambling right now to obviously fulfill and clarify who us is for our listeners. Well, no, I'm saying all of us. Okay, everybody in the industry is is scrambling to fulfill the needs of you know whatever channel you're selling to, whether it be starting at the distributor level, then down to the dealer, then down to the consumer, or if you're selling directly to the consumer. You know, a lot of people are getting frustrated uh, in terms of our customers, whatever level it may be on, thinking that we're not servicing them. But what they don't realize is, you know, a lot of these companies have ramped up production to max capacity, and we're still not even, you know, beginning to touch the surface of what it is, whether it be a firearm, ammunition, accessories, all of them. I mean, it really is genuinely, this is an unseen time. And so I think that's the biggest issue. And then secondly is, you know, these companies, including our own, you know, can only ramp up so much not knowing what's going to happen in a couple months. And Adam I mean, represents Century Arms for you uh, new lead heads, uh, sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner, Season 3 coming uh, in just a few weeks. 
Yeah, so, you know, obviously from the Century Arms side, we have our long rifle side. We have, you know, canic pistols. We have Red Army standard ammunition. And then we have U.S. Palm accessories. You know, what we, the realistic fear or, or something that we have to address is that Biden can come in and with an executive order, you know, he could ban the importation of firearms and ammunition, um, which, you know, I, I personally, and I have no, you know, political clout to speak this, I'm thinking what he's going to do is he's going to do something with it as a posturing. Um, my, my thought is that he's probably going to ban the import of AKs out the gate, you know, which would be, which would be aggressive and it would be a violation of our rights, I think. But in reality, that's something that he could do with the strike of a pin. Um, he could even take it farther and really say nothing firearms related can come in. Um, if he does that, we've got a whole bigger conversation because now you're looking at a ton, you know, the majority of handgun manufacturers, ammunition, um, shotguns, obviously, you know, a lot of Turkish shotguns and Italian shotguns, right. things like that. Well, let's You're look at what's at, let's look at what's going on right now. You know, with with the the ATF going in uh, with the stabilizing braces, with the eighty percent. You know, it's already happening right now, and this is under the Trump administration. You know, Trump is allowing this this shit to happen right now. You know, Biden's Trump, not Trump, in on this. It, it there's nothing for him to do. He, I mean, yeah. he's, he's a lame duck. He, the ATF realizes he's on the way out. And they're doing what but they he's not out. He's years. still he's there, still, and he can still he can. do something. So, and he chooses so not we to. We had a meeting the other day with Mark Barnes, who is the lead counsel for a lot of our companies uh, in regards to the legal side for firearms industry. He's one of the foremost legal professionals in the firearms space. What's he saying? Um, represent for a lot of the companies that are on this call, uh, and as well as a number of others. Um, and his his instruction to us, which this is public knowledge now, is that the Department of Justice handed down this assignment to the uh, ATF, the BATF, with the instruction that, quote-unquote, this needed to be wrapped up by the end of the year, which obviously then has the implication of this needs to be done under this current presidency. So... If you look at it from that, you can call it a conspiracy theory. You can call it just, you know, political posturing. But the reality is this. If they can have this done before a Biden and Harris administration starts, then that's one less thing the Biden and Harris administration has to take claim for and piss off more of the conservative side. And that's already been done. Now they're going to make their moves on things. So it's not like step after step after step is done to infringe rights under the, you know, the new regime. Mm -hmm. So I really think this is something that was done as a posturing with, you know, uh, the anti-firearms establishment um, in mind, but doing it from a perception standpoint more than a Trump trying to fight it. Trump can only do so much at this point. You know, he doesn't. So, and what's he going to do? Fire so, the head of the ATF before he comes in? Why wouldn't he? So, Rafael, um, yeah. you're also a, a big importer with Eagle Imports. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Adam was talking about, you know, things that could happen and, you know, come down and if they, you know, start – uh, stringent rules on importations that's going to affect you guys as well yeah i mean if it if it happened it would shut us down for the time being 100 percent um you know that some we're definitely looking at and thinking about i don't see it happening i i i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if they started you know banning some things from being imported as adam was saying but to go across the board where they're you know, banning 
pistols and revolvers and hunting shotguns and that sort of thing, I think would be pretty extreme. It would be bring, that would bring, you know, a lot of, a lot of heat down. I mean, imagine, you know, Beretta shotguns and Benelli shotguns being unimportable and uh, you know, that sort of thing. So we're watching it. You know, we are, we're also looking at options as far as starting to, to, um, you know, start uh, assembling and manufacturing um, here in the United States at some point, just for, because of a variety of reasons, but that's certainly one of them. Um, but I don't, I don't see the extremity that they would go through to, to, to ban everything firearms related to coming into the United States. I really don't. Like Adam said, I can see some, you know, AK variant type stuff or, or AK AR type shotguns or something like that. But I don't even know if it's going to go that far. Well, I mean, it, right now it's, it's such a, who knows what's going to happen, you know? Well, no, nobody knows, but we can't sit back and, and wait and yeah. watch and let it happen. You know, so. That's right. Hey, uh, And that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, I'm not yeah, trying to proponent. You know, I'm a big person in not, in not pushing fear buying or, 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 or fear mongering by any means. No, no, but I no. think it is truly a reality of what could be on the cusp. It's no longer a could they do this, would they do this. You know, these are things that with an executive order he could do in, in the stroke of a pen and i think that's the biggest thing we just have to be cognizant of is even if they choose not to do it because it would be quote-unquote political suicide then we have to still be cognizant that this is you know this is the power that this man has to literally uh seriously infringe on on our rights and i think people just need to be cognizant of that yeah. when they're you know, when they're thinking about who they're electing in the future and how they make their voice heard to their sure. local legislature. So what we so, what we've been seeing here um, recently uh, in the past year since the COVID and the lockdowns and and uh, um, importation, whatever they've been doing with that blocking that, which is preventing you guys from getting the materials and things that you need to to do your manufacturing process. Um, you know, Corey, we had you on not too long ago like two or three weeks ago and uh you know you were talking about how you know you guys are still cranking them out you're still making them uh has has any of this affected uh you guys since we last talked um not not any more than it than it was before honestly um you know going back to what was said before when you got uh videos from the ammunition guys coming out you know the president of of uh, I think it was federal came out messages to the to their customers basically saying look you know everybody's blaming the manufacturers for not having product but really it's just the demand um, but it hasn't affected us anymore but <clears throat> to what you know like what Raphael was saying is uh, you know we import most of our stuff too and assemble it here so if that was to happen obviously we do make stuff here in the United States as most everybody knows but nowhere near the volume that we that we import mm -hmm. so it's definitely something to think about but going back to what what uh, Tall Richard said too is that no, I don't know of any manufacturer really that's putting capital into buying more machines right now because they did that in 2016, right? They did. They bought a bunch of a lot of people bought a bunch of machines and everybody turned into zeros, yeah. and then they didn't have the business to keep the machines running. So I think right now everybody's sitting on pins and needles, trying to figure out how do you get more for less, and without buying more machines, whether that's training better people or just you know becoming more efficient, but. No, we're we're still plugging along, and all this stuff hasn't impacted us, other than the fact that it's still just not being able to make enough guns. Yeah, and you say being more efficient, does is it also maybe a wake up call to be to be more self reliant and and not reliant on the importation and and.
doing more stuff over here? Well, I think I think that's a big part of it. But as I said, and, uh, and us too, you know, we're not putting money, <clears throat> more money right now into more machines. So in most cases, I think a lot of us, um, big or small, if you're importing most of your product or all of your product, it's, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow to say, let's go build some factories because it's going to take some time to do that. By the time you build the factories, you get the machines, you're set up, you hire the people, you train the people. Now, what have you got? I mean, you're talking about just to ramp up in production just for us, let's say it's about six to eight weeks just to ramp up an extra shipping line. That's not adding more machines. That's not adding necessarily more production per se. It's just adding more shipping lines to build what we already had and ship more out the door. That takes six to eight weeks. And then that's just to train people if you can keep them. I mean, right now it's hard to find anybody that A, wants to work, B, will stay and work, and three, you can train. So, I mean, those those are the big things right now. And even when when Trump had the best you know, economy, what have you, seven million more jobs than there were people, we're still in the same boat where you're trying to hire people and it's just hard to find people to stay. Yeah. Yeah. How, how is the raw material issue affecting um, you guys? I'll, I mean, everyone here is, is part of a, a, either a U.S. company or you import, but raw materials is a big deal. And for the listener at home, that's sometimes that's the hang up. Right. Is that right. some of the, the you can't get the materials because of whatever be the reason COVID has struck every kind of industry. Is that an issue or? Um, I mean, I, without going too far into the weeds and what people don't want me to talk about, obviously, we, we, we buy enough product to bring over here for our production to last longer than a year. Um, and even overseas, I think and I would think in most cases, um, especially larger, more higher volume companies are doing the same. You know, with everybody with with supply chain stuff, you're buying enough product <clears throat> to last you for your lead time as well, plus probably another 10, 20 percent just in case you have some issues. But I would say I think that's becoming a bigger and bigger problem because most people, I think, including us, went into this year with a huge amount of inventory to build. Not so the listeners understand it wasn't inventory that was ready to ship. It was just, as you mentioned, raw material, small parts, stuff like that, that were SKDs, as we call them, <clears throat> and those are those were there, but as we got through June and July, all that inventory was depleted. So now you're basically everybody's living from hand to mouth, trying to make as many as they can. And I think you've seen some of the other guys streamline products, and you probably heard too where they're saying, you know, you can order this, but you're not going to get it for six months because we're concentrating on building nine millimeters and uh, pistol carts, stuff like that. Where this the pistol cartridges and the nines and not even forties anymore, nines and forty fives. I'd say really is what's being built. Yeah, and I'd say 90% is all nine millimeter, if not more for most everybody. And anything that's a concealed carry weapon, you know, your small guns, small nines, 380s, stuff like that's what's being built. But all the dealers are still ordering your whole product line, right? And no, no, no manufacturer is going to say, well, we're not going to take that order for that, but we're going to tell you you're not going to get it for six to eight months. Yeah. Um, I think that's happening a lot now, too. And that's why a lot of the dealers, I think, to the frustration are saying, look, they're not delivering. You know, I've had... G19s on order for eight months. Well, what they don't realize there's probably a 12 month back order because every distributor is being allocated by every manufacturer, no matter how that process might be a little bit different. You can only get X number of guns and that pie is so small as it is. And I think a lot of you get probably you guys have seen it too, where people call you saying, Hey, I need to get guns. I want to become a distributor. Probably more so than you've seen in a long time. Yep. And it's a hard thing to say no, because you want that outlet. Right. But yep. at the same time, if you've got a pie that's, you know, 100 guns, let's say, keep a number small, and you've got 10 distributors, 
they're only getting 10 guns, right? Yeah. But you add on five more people, now their their pie just got a lot smaller. And what are they saying? The fire you're starting is, well, I've been with you for 10 years. Now you sign up some other guy. He's going to get the same number of guns as I get. Yeah, they might, call. Yeah, they might cherry pick a line, which is what you don't want. Uh, I have a question for the guys that are importing things like AKs, right? Yeah. So w- right now we have this situation where there was a lot of uh, buying out of civil unrest, right? So you saw a lot of nines going, 380s, pocket pistols and everything like that. Now we're kind of entering into this space where we could get into uh, some restrictions, some bans, right? So, you know, Adam, Andrew, like... Are you seeing a shift in what is selling based on maybe this fear moving out of the civil unrest? We don't have a lot of protests anymore. We don't have all this stuff. And now we're moving into that. Maybe our consumers concerned that they won't be able to buy this in the future. Are you seeing any of that? I mean, right now, where we're at is, is, is it, hasn't, it changed. hasn't changed. We're selling we're, everything we can possibly make and everything we can possibly get whether it's from civil unrest, panic buying, fear of bans, um, we cannot, we just cannot fill the demand. Okay. Um, but, so there's not there's been any trend change because, because we've sold everything. Well, you know, I, I, and Andrew's 100% dead on with that, but I think something that we can do that is, is another huge touching point right now is the price that's now being seen for a lot of these product lines. You know, all of us, <laughs> From Glock to Bursa to Century to Canic to every company that's involved in this conversation traditionally has MSRPs for their product lines. And what we're seeing now is, you know, you're seeing a Glock that was $500 before that's now going for $850 in a store. You're seeing a Draco, uh, you know, pistol AK that was, yep, yeah, yeah, that was you know, 600 bucks. 600 bucks a year ago that's now going for 13 1400 dollars um and you know people are automatically assuming that companies like bursa glock century are drastically raising our price what they don't understand is that's actually not what's happening well to clarify that adam is is that price is is in the secondary market that you're seeing these prices and that's exactly it's not from the retailers not from the retailers so, well, there, you know, there have been there have been two though as of October and September. I think of this year, I know of two at least that increased prices within a month of each other, upwards to five percent to the distributors. So, yeah, and, but that's what I'll say. So there's there's both sides of it. So you know, right. you know, I, you've seen you've seen obviously on the dealer side, you've seen prices go up. But some of those, it's not hard. It's not really there to blame because they can't get as much. So they've got to capitalize this, you know, supply and demand. But then there's that, you know, there's been some companies I just saw the other day that uh, now uh, in the state of Texas, you know, there's been issues of, in the firearms industry of um, companies being accused of price gouging, um, which is something we, you know, you have to, it's just news whether you like the companies or not. It's just something that's out there. Um, but then also on a foreign side, you know, these guys, that run these factories, whether it be ammo manufacturers or firearms manufacturers overseas, they still have the power of the internet and they still know what's going on over here. So they're going online and they're pulling up the prices of what these guns are selling for. And then they're coming back to the importers and saying, listen, I'm seeing this gun that used to be $600 now selling for 1200. From now on, it's going to be a 30% increase to you on how much we're going to sell you this gun for. And these aren't, you know, these are government-run facilities in, in countries like Romania and, and, you know, Russia and all over, and Argentina, all over the place that 
we have to be cognizant of, you know, RAF is, is fortunate enough to work with in Bursa, you know, they are directly representing themselves over here in a sense. But from us, we've got companies that are saying, hey, we don't care how much you're selling. We know how much money there's to be made. And so we're constantly having to daily battle that price agreement to keep it from getting so out of hand that the, the average blue collar American can't afford it. So, I mean, it really is a constant struggle every day just because of the supply and demand issue that is the United States right so now. So one of you mentioned federal a minute ago. Uh, right. Was it Raphael? No, no, no. But what I was going to say about the price increases and stuff, too, one thing that, that we haven't mentioned here is um, it's costing me a lot more money to get guns here yeah, because of transportation. Trans- transportation isn't as easy. Transportation costs and shipping costs going up quite a bit to the point where you know our per gun uh cost of bringing in a gun from argentina right now has almost tripled in the last six months we're still holding pricing we're hoping that this is just a temporary thing but it's a it's very real and you know at the end of the day it's you know three or four bucks a gun extra but when you're selling a gun for you know 100 110 bucks that it, it makes a difference Sure. Uh, I mean, that's definitely a factor, and, and it's a justifiable yep. factor. It's yep. not just so, a, a price increase to have a price increase. So I right. want to go to this uh, this comment to uh, somebody had brought up Federal and um, what's his name here? The uh, the guy that's president. In, in, yeah, president yeah. Of, of Federal. Jason the country's, the, yeah, the country's largest domestic manufacturer of small arms ammunition breaks down the reasons behind the current ammo famine on American shelves and assures – that help is on the way, and this is uh, at guns.com, if you guys want to go look, the, look up this article. It says, we are indeed making ammunition. We are indeed shipping ammunition. Uh, Jason Vanderbrink, in uh, the above five-minute video, there's a video on there you guys can watch. Uh, it says, Vanderbilt details that the increase in demand comes not only from the country's surging ammunition demand, from traditional customers, but also from New Avenue, a flood of seven million estimated first-time gun owners stocking up. As uh, you guys had mentioned uh, in our conversation a little bit earlier, the the panic um, buying during the the unrest, civil unrest, and the riots and things. Um, it says, and on top of all that, we are dealing with the pandemic. Uh, says Vanderbeek. Uh, before donning a mask and heading to the factory floor to show that the machines are humming and the brass is being boxed as fast as possible. We are making this ammunition every minute of every day, stressing the company is making more ammo than it has ever done before and actively hiring and training new employees to expand capacity. So it sounds like their strategy is to, uh, like um, Corey was saying earlier, you know, not everybody can bring on the new machines or they don't want to take that risk. Sounds like that's what they're doing here. I don't know. I don't know how you can uh, produce more if you were already at capacity. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the last I heard from well, this was a couple of months ago, saying that that federal, you know, and all their, their family of brands were sold out for a year. It was going to be 12 months before they could fill current up in order that we wrote it today. Yeah. Um, so I've been hearing from a lot of manufacturers. Yes. Yeah. That's the same for Aguila, too, I believe. Our friend Stu at, at Aguila was saying that three months ago. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. It is, man. And, and again, you guys, we were, some, we were talking, you know, customers yelling at you and, and all this sort of thing. And it's like, you know, what can I do? There's nothing, there's nothing that we're going to do. And we're not going to, 
go out on, on big risk and then have everything slow down a year from now. And then you're, you're in debt for new machines and, and you're not shipping as much as you were, you know, we're at max capacity. We're probably sold out for eight months, you know, and, and, and that's not a real number because every time you get a shipment, you allocate it out to different people. So, you know, some orders might take longer than others to fill. And also depending on like Corey was saying, product mix, you might, there might be some products that we're having our mix that are sold out for over a year because we're not going to make them for six months yeah. because another you know, issue and problem that I'm hearing from, uh, from you manufacturers is that when you do get these orders and like you said, the orders come in and you start the allocations, some of these companies have gone tits up. They're out of business now and you know, they've, you know, they couldn't hang on. So you've yeah. got, you've got that extra, um, order there that you could allocate, but still, I mean, it's not enough to really keep up with. Look, with the, and the thing with that is too, there was a, the misconception, I think to a lot of, uh, distributors that, that, like I said before, want to call and say, Hey, I'm a, I'm a distributor. I don't sell your products, but I want to, I need guns. And they look at that saying, Hey, these three guys, you know, really big guys, as we all know, went out of, went tits up, as you said, but that, those guns were ate up three, four months ago. I mean, those guns were gone as soon as they were closed. Yeah. Um, that's not to count all the liquidation that they did in the market, which really screwed everything up for a lot of dealers, a lot of manufacturers. Now we finally got through all that. I'd say, you know, first part first quarter of this year finally um for the for everybody everything to be gone um but that's a that's a big part of that too is for a manufacturer do you make that that leap of faith saying i'm going to sign up these five new guys maybe they're going to do better than my five other guys um but it's hard to do that when you like you said you can't make anymore you, d- you just can't do it yeah that's a good point i don't I, the only thing i'd like to add to that too is i don't know what you guys are seeing but as far as uh from the distributor side is you know having promotions and stuff like that. I think that's getting ready to start back up. I've already talked to some people planning it for the first quarter of next year. And of course their question is, Hey, I'm going to have this, this promotion in March, you know, can I get more guns? I'm like, well, uh, probably not. Um, yeah. my, my best answer is to start allocating product to a, a, a ghost warehouse that you can put stuff in. But talking to a lot of these distributors, you know, my first question to them is actually why yep. yeah. is, you know, you're given, whether you give something away or you spiff them or whatever the case is, I mean, you're not really gaining anything, but I do understand it from their side too, because from their side, if they're not doing anything, when it does come up and they got to start pushing stuff, who are the dealers going to contact? Right. Right. That's a competitive amongst themselves, Corey. The RSR has got to go against the Davidsons and you know, it happens. Yep. Well, you know, and the thing is, as as a dealer, if, if RSR is not running a, a their usual e show or their usual promotion, you kind of go to the wayside, right? Now you're just ordering guns, you're just ordering five of this, ten of that, whatever the guy calls you for. But so I understand from their point too is they have to stay relevant, if if you will, even though I think for all of us, an RSR or Davidson's in the top three or top five at least um, for all man all manufacturers um, or for most of us anyway. So they have to stay relevant. So they understand you're probably going to tell them no, but they're not going to say we're not going to do it because you kind of have to. And we, we we caught the same heat from the distributors for our stock and dealer program. I mean, that was a big deal. Are we still going to run it? We're like, of course we are, because that's kind of for us. And, I'm, you know, anybody that has a dealer program, it's kind of like your, your payback, right, for the year, the, the, the good stuff they did, the guns they bought. Now give them a little a little carrot at the end of the year, or middle of the year, or when everybody starts theirs. Uh, but that's been a dilemma too, because you just can't get more guns. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we, you know, we were looking at all these, all these guys that, you know, they had to cancel their in-person shows, and they, they're doing these virtual shows and all this stuff, and they want you to give them a thousand bucks to participate, and we're just like, no, 
you know, because, okay, yeah, I can give you a thousand bucks, but I'm not giving you any show specials or anything. So what's the difference? You're still going to get the same amount of guns. You're still going to sell them just as quickly. So why am I giving you extra money? But although we also have co-op to the guys that they get a certain percentage, they can use that for whatever they want. I'm just not giving them any extra. And, um, you know, that's, it's just the way it is right now. It's, and, and and I, you know, okay. So God comes to your virtual show and he buys a gun. He might not get it for eight or nine months. What's the point? You know what I mean? You know, it's, 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 these guys want to, you know, like you said, stay relevant and I, and I get it, but you know, they're, they're, they're still getting the same amount of guns they always get or more, you know, and, but they sell them in 10 minutes. So have, so, let me ask you guys, has, has anybody taken part in one of those virtual um, shows yet? So we have, so Century Talk about Mechanica, the experience. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's very simple. I mean, it's nothing nearly like the in-person and the reason why is so we'd made some commitments months back to do some special makeups you know some special colors some packages and things like that for, for some of our buy groups and distributors things like that that were you know on larger scale so you guys have seen it out there for the canic it's been like the white ounce and some different ones like that where the distributors say hey we have this specific color we want in mind you know you see that with versus you see that with clocks and so we'd already committed to those so even though it wasn't necessarily uh the biggest volume pusher for us we we agreed to do it just because of, you know the relationships we have with these guys um but the reality is you know while they sold and they sold great we could have come out with a purple gun that only shot rocks and people would buy it right now you know because because people anything that's firearms related the joke is we need also selling tactical rocks right now because it'll sell the uh, people are people are nervous people whether it be because they, they're first-time gun buyers or they think their rights are going to get infringed or they're just seeing the fact that supply and demand when everybody wants something we're humans we want it too you know so they're going and they're selling so it's not like these e-shows are uh unsuccessful but they're just they're selling just like anything else like you said if you know we're sold out technically sold out of pretty much all of our guns through 2021 because you have you have these distributors that are calling and placing millions and millions of dollars of orders every day the same guy will call you three times in a week and place knowing that you're still you, you haven't even fulfilled orders from two months ago but it's just the yeah, it's the nature of the beast right now you know demand is out there so people are going to try to get it and that's what i think is the most important thing for the consumer to realize you know all the companies that are, are they trying? We really are trying from the manufacturer to the distributor to the dealer. Everybody's trying to continue to, you know, nurture the Second Amendment right that Americans have. Well, I think hey, that's Adam, the, hey. the big struggle for uh, for manufacturers, too, is as you mentioned, this happened a few years ago at the Ellett Brothers show when they did a billion dollars in, in sales, most of that being ammo, and how many of them were actually true orders, right? And yeah. for a manufacturer, I mean, I get the same thing you're saying, Adam, is you'll have some guy call you three times in a week ordering six, seven, eight million dollars worth of product. He's never ordered more than five hundred thousand dollars. And it's like, do you take that order? You know, do you, do you realistically take that order from that guy knowing he's not going to get? But you don't want to say no, but you got to somehow talk to some reason saying, look, dude, you've only bought five hundred thousand dollars of stuff. You want to buy eight million. <laughs> First of all, can you pay for it? Number two, yeah. when are you going to get it? Um, you know, and typically they say money no, talks, right? We can. I mean, uh, well, right now, it, that's the funny thing is right now, I, I really don't think it does as much as it would in a slow time. If you had somebody call you three years ago, 
right, saying, hey, I want to write an $8 million order, you take it in a heartbeat and you try to ship it as fast as you could because you don't know if you're going to have that $8 million order coming from five or six guys. Yeah. But now, I mean, I've had that. But you require them to put some money down on that, right? What's that? You require them to put money down, right? Well, no, we don't, we don't do anything based on how much money you have. I mean, with us, it's, if you're not a distributor, you're not getting anything unless you're signed up. And with Glock, it's one of those things where we try to treat everybody the same. Obviously, not everybody is the same. I think we do our allocations a little bit different than most, where it's uh, basically just a percentage of business. You know, if you're the number one guy and you're writing the most business throughout the year in slow years, you're going to have a bigger allocation, just the kind of the way nature of the beast. But that is the hard part of saying no to that order, but then being realistic at the same time. Being manufacturers, yeah. Glock and, and Century, Century. Uh, and, uh, and and so Danny, to an extent, with Avidity Arms, uh, how how has this affected your new product uh, R and D? Good question, Marty. Thanks, yeah, thanks, so, Andrew. You know, I I was going to touch on that earlier, but it's a sensitive subject. I mean, obviously, at Shot Show this past year, we rolled out um, the, you know the the seventy four initiative, Project seventy four, which was going to be us developing you know a fully American made AK seventy four, and including you know full transparency, letting people see you know the failures, uh, working with you know some experts in our industry, everybody from industry experts to YouTubers and reviewers, and really letting people see that we were doing it the right way. And we were, we've been very excited about it. You know, it was very well received by the public. Um, and then this March hit, you know, and, and the craziness. Well, even before that, but really March hit and this huge influx of demand. And, you know, we had to make a decision. Do we continue to pour a ton of our resources into developing something or do we or do we focus on meeting the demand of the american public right now and a lot of all that attention whether it be engineers or you know laborers or just pure assets and resources um had had to be devoted to the current product um because it's just the reality of business and the reality of what the actual demand is so a lot of those projects we've been developing while some are still working um i've kind of been put on the side burner for a little bit yep i can tell you from the versa side of business it's a very easy answer we don't make new products so it has (laughs) (laughs) notice i didn't include you in that question Hey, you included me, which I thought was crazy. <laughs> well, I, I want to talk avidity. You know, you're you part, know, of avidity. part of avidity. That's a manufacturer. Yeah, we're just trying to get gun one out. Yeah. <laughs> so it really hadn't affected you guys at all. It's it's just giving you another excuse, right? It's just business as usual, man. It's me and Rob yelling at each other on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> what the consumer thinks. <laughs> Let's also not forget that you take the time to yell at people on the internet as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We, we like to punish our followers who want the gun, and we yeah. like to be cheeky and fun. Cheeky and fun. I like that. I like that. So give us an update. Where are you with it? Oh, God. <laughs> hey, uh, Adam, break that bottle out, brother. No. Yeah. Okay, here's where we're at. We're, we are in the process of – we're still right before the testing phase. We just – brought on a new company out of uh, Louisiana that's making our slides and making a bunch of different parts. Um, Then we're going to have to test them. Um, And it's been that process. Now we did make changes to the firearm and that, that's one of the things that drives me crazy because those changes to keep up with the times um, cause delays. So. Okay. 
good enough. I'll 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 let you off the hook. Thank you, <laughs> uh, Corey. Did you got? Did you want to address the new product R and D? I mean, well, obviously, you got. We had a we had a few new products come out, even as crazy as it latter part of the year with the forty three X and the forty eight MOS that came out. And I mean, it's. I wouldn't say R and D has stopped, but I agree with Adam. It's it's definitely been slowed just to have all hands on deck to build as much as you can possibly build. Um, I wouldn't say it stopped completely, but you know, everybody I think is always trying to work on something new. It it's it some form or fashion. It's some capacity. Yeah, it doesn't just stop a hundred percent. But I mean. The hard thing is right now, if you have a new product that's that's ready to go and you've made some, do you bring it out and sell it or do you wait? And it's one of those deals where if you've got inventory right now, you better go ahead and sell it. Um, doesn't really matter if it makes a huge splash or not. Obviously, when it's slower, newer products are going to give you that shot in the arm that you know gives you a, a good bump in a first quarter, second quarter, or third quarter whenever you need it. Um, so I don't, I don't think it stopped, but I, I would agree that it's definitely slowed to a, a snail's pace as far as a lot of new stuff being worked on um, from the prototype side of it. I wouldn't say there's not talk and discussions of new things to possibly bring out. If it slows down, we still have those meetings um, and those discussions, you know, internally and overseas, but it's definitely slowed it down a good bit. Well said. Absolutely. So um, with, with the overseas, cause you guys have, like you said you have your manufacturing Glock does and everybody that uh, RAF deals with is overseas. What are you hearing from from that side of things in the different countries and Century also? Um, what, as far as what's what, what do you mean the the, um, the the adversities that they're facing and you know how how this whole shit has affected them? Us doing most of our manufacturing in Argentina or all of it for Bursa. I mean, Argentina was hit really hard. They're they were in the top five. Um, for deaths in in the world, you know, by country, and their population is tiny compared to the other countries that were on the list. Um, you know, there are just a lot of people living in very close quarters, and um, you know, just just the type of of situation that they were in. It it hurt us. Our, our factory was shut down for you know March, April, May, um, and then we've been working at a at a limited capacity since then. Again, and like I said. Flights being shut down in and out of the country made, you know, shipment very, very difficult to get. Um, and then, you know, we do import Metro Arms from the Philippines also. They were all, they were shut down for four months, five months maybe. Oh, wow. And then, um, and then they came back to work and had to shut down again. So literally we've, Bursa has done a better job. We've, we've gotten a lot more guns than we got last year. Um, I hate to think of what we could have gotten and what we could have sold, but Metro Arms has never really recovered. We we they're very small coming to the United States, but we've probably only gotten about twenty five percent of the guns that we got last year from them because of just the the COVID situations in, in the Philippines. Yeah. And I think you know, if you talk to any folks from like Arms Corps or whatever, they'll tell you the same thing that they're they're just they're they've been hit really hard in the Philippines. Um but Argentina was in really bad shape for a while it, it seems like they're doing okay they're they, they you know they don't have thanksgiving there so they didn't have the huge surge that we had here after thanksgiving but um you know they're they're crawling their way back out it's good to hear adam yeah. what about canic 
Yeah, so obviously, uh, well, on the century side, you know, obviously there's a huge demand for our imported AKs, and there has been for years, and, you know, with this just increased. That was where we saw the most drastic hit. Um, we had, you know, some of our factories that were, like like Raf said, some of the living conditions over there just really caused um, a, a severe spread of, of the virus. Which country and is this? Romania, especially, you know, we saw we saw some of our factories get completely shut down for weeks, months at a time, which then drastically affects the importation of 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 you know AK style rifles. Um, so that was the issue with that. You know, you, you go on any thread, you see, hey, I can't find a Wasser anywhere. It's twofold. Obviously, they're selling great. Um, same with the Dracos, but also the volume of it. You know, it's not as 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 dependable in terms of the volume, a steady volume every month. On the Canik side, I actually just got back from Turkey. I was in Turkey for the last two weeks, and uh, they're on complete lockdown. I mean, the country is on complete and utter lockdown. Um, but Canik, being the national, it is the national pistol of Turkey. So, you know, the, the police carry it, a lot of the military forces and all, they're deemed essential. So they're up and running. They're running 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and we're at a point now where Canik is the third largest import importer of handguns into the United States now. Uh, I mean, we're just pumping them out, and they're at max capacity right now. Um, and it's been, I mean, it's been a huge testament to their efficiency. And, and I mean, they run an impressive, impressive facility, and they, they've taken a lot of pride in and keeping going through all this uh, tragedy and political unrest, uh, both overseas as well in the U.S. So, you know, we don't see that knock on wood slowing down anytime soon unless somebody uh, on a political side put a halt to that. But yeah. it's been really impressive to work with those guys and just watch them step up as the American need for good quality firearms has increased in this country. How about yeah, Austria? I mean, um, Austria has seen its share of, of lockdowns. I think about two months ago they were on a complete lockdown, but again, they're deemed essential. So, um, but, you know, and I'm sure with most every manufacturer, you know, priority number one, safety, the folks building the building the firearms. If you don't have them, you're not getting anything out the door. So um, they've taken precautions like everybody else has, whether it be social distancing or, you know, staggered shifts or whatever it might be. So it's definitely a it's definitely a thought that, you know, that goes through everybody's mind is what if this happens and they shut everything down, what happens? But and like I said before, right now, I think every manufacturer is living hand to mouth. It's not like you're ordering you know, a hundred thousand pieces, but they're shipping you two or three, or you only need 50,000. So yeah. whatever you're getting is going out the door. So I think any of us, if anything worse happens and they really lock everything down where nobody goes anywhere, we're all, we're all up shit Creek without a paddle because nobody has enough. Even if the little bit that you make here, you can't make every model here. Um, like with Glock I mean, we have, you know, we, we share molds, we, we share information, different things like that. But you only have so much you can build at one time in any in any factory. Sure. Um, and if you're, you know, spread thin as it is, I mean, we'd all be up shit creek if that if something worse were to happen than what's already happened. Now Andrew's kind of the man on the street. You know, he's out and about and and getting the real man's take on on things that are going on. What do you what are you seeing out there, Andrew? I mean, you know, I don't I don't see a lot because we're not supposed to travel for work, but I just I see a lot. <laughs> we're just traveling in your car. He used to be so. the man on the street. <laughs> well, I mean, I still I still I get still out and about pretty regular. You use the phone call. Hold on, you're you're like really jacked up, dude. 
He's got bad Wi-Fi. North Carolina. The is, he's getting a lot of information from Eastside Nashville at every bar he attends and, and place to get around the. <laughs> that's that <laughs> Mormon <laughs> internet connection, is what it is. I'm not sure how credible that information is at 4 a.m., but you know he's getting information for sure. <laughs> there he is. I'm back. You're back. All right. Um, but I do talk to a lot of dealers, talk to a lot of uh, industry guys every day. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the same story from everybody. There's not enough product. The demand's out, just completely outrageous. Um, everything you can get your hands on is selling. Um, obviously, working for Century, we sell such a huge variety of products. Um, you know, from ammunition to the AK style guns to the Canic pistol line to surplus. Um, you know, we have our hands in a lot of pies, so I talk to a lot of different people, but everything is selling. I mean, if I had, if well, I yeah, had there, there's no doubt, but there's stuff that people aren't being, you know, what's just that, what do they think the excuse is? What do they think the problem is when, when you're oh, here? I mean, what are they blaming it on? From see theorists to, you know, we're screwing That's them me. to somebody else is screwing them to people that just really understand what's happening to demands to the roof. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, every, there's, it's a gamut. It depends on the person you talk to. But, um, but I mean, you know, most most reputable dealers out there understand the situation because they've been through it before. Yeah. Um, obviously, this one is a little bit different because, you know, the demand is through the roof for reasons and we have a pandemic. Um, so that just kind of added a new, a new verse to the same story that we've been through. I mean, you know, like with Corey, um, you know, we've both been doing this for over 20 years now. I mean, we've seen this happen. I mean, how many times? <laughs> is this like our fourth or fifth time for the circus? Every every time, it's a record year when it happens. Though that's the crazy part. Exactly, it just, yeah. it just, tends to it get worse. Growing. Gets worse, but gets better. <laughs> so has I this mean, been you know, been but, bigger than Sandy Hook? Oh yeah, much bigger. Wow. Oh, yeah. The thing about it is, as our, when our when our when our, when our peaks, peaks get higher, our lows get even worse. So. The back end of this is going to be worse than the back end of Sandy Hook. For every That's action, not. there's an equal and opposite reaction. Right? Exactly. So as high as we are right now, is low. That's just that's just market. That's just how the market works. Whether it's real estate, whether it's guns, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. It's a widget. Um, so the bubble while bust. right now we're having a, a a windfall, we're also going to have you know, a bottom that we've never seen before after all this is over because it's happened every time. Um, you just got to weather the storm, you know, put your, put your money in the piggy bank and be ready for the slow time. Um, and that's, what's in my mind right now, while everything's busy, everything's good, everything's great. Um, what's going through my mind is what do we got to do now to prepare for when it ain't? Well, that, that, that actually goes back into two. We we're talking about earlier with pricing, you know, a lot of these guys from overseas and everybody has somebody to answer to, right. And all the discussions are happening, as we mentioned seeing a gun that's normally $500 going for 13 or 12 or whatever. And then all of a sudden everybody starts talking about price increases. Well, then when the, when the market levels out, then what do you do? Because now you've, you've just went up to make the money and, you know, coming from the car business, it's easy, you know, cause you don't have to buy a car, you know, you don't have to have, that's a big, a lot, a lot more money for sure, but you don't see that in the car business. You know, they, they basically, they're already making enough money anyway, unless they have some <laughs> special, special car they've made or whatever. But, you know, talking to a lot of these hedge fund guys and stuff like that, they all ask the same questions. Why aren't you increasing prices by 5, 10, 20 percent? And the gun industry has just really never done that. I think really since uh, 
since a lot of folks started using map pricing before it was the wild wild west right it was it was por and it, all the prices were all over the place and i think now most companies i know for sure glock you know we stick by the map and i think most manufacturers use some sort of map whether it's disclosed or undisclosed gentleman agreement saying hey he would appreciate you not doing this or whatever um, but i think that's you know stabilized the market more than anything but then trying to talk about price increases and like you said when the bottom falls out it's a lot harder to go down than it is to go to go up it, it doesn't um, look, yep. it doesn't look good does it when you do that yeah Raphael, well, no, it, it just it makes people think about the people that adam mentioned in texas that are already being sued for price gouging i mean it's you know, you, obviously, it's a price is a very touchy word in our industry as far as any industry, really, with price fixing or map pricing. You got to be very careful when you're describing what that is, because obviously you can't price fix. You can't say you can't sell for this. Um, you can have minimums and advertising and stuff like that or transfer pricing. But if you've got real you know, hard costs like Raphael was talking about before with your, you know, your import costs have gone up, your shipping costs, transportation costs, all that's gone up. You've got real hard, justifiable costs to I mean, you have to build yeah, that in, course. right? You know, instead of like Corey was saying, going up ten percent, you go up one or two percent. Sure, right? yeah. Where, where it's it's really minimal <clears throat> to the to the end line user. You know, it's it's a matter of going up, you know, three or four bucks. Yeah. And yeah. and if you explain it, but but you know, like let's just say on a Versa Thunder three eighty, which you know, it's it retails for around one hundred ninety nine bucks. Although I've been seeing them on Gunbroker. As we've been talking, I've seen some at like 325, which blows me away. But um, are they I, selling though? <laughs> That's the question. They're selling them, but oh, wow. you know, for, for me, it means you know, if I go up two percent, it's it's literally four bucks. Right. You know, and so I don't think anybody's going to scoff at that, and uh, and especially if you explain it to your customers, hey, it's costing me six bucks more to ship it here, and I'm I'm going up four bucks to you. I think under the current uh environment or you know everybody kind of understands what's going on and they i think they expect price increases not only in firearms but basically just across the board and everything yeah but i think what i think what we're talking but it's good that you aren't taking advantage of that you know Uh, you're not taking advantage of the consumer and jacking it up 10 percent, 20 percent. so that's that's good so dini so uh you you do a podcast you got your own podcast now and uh, you're on a lot of podcasts too um talk about what uh what you're hearing out there from from the personalities that you have on the show and uh you know your your circle of influencers there well you know the thing is there's a difference between somebody who's in the firearms industry and influencers and i think that that has to be you know understood by every listener um influencers to me they don't they don't keep their finger on the pulse of the market they don't really understand like they're the, they're the same people that will say like, hey, you know, just make more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a comment that most people don't. You know, it's it, it, it's it, there's a lot of nuance in that conversation. It's such a hard thing to do than just make more, as if like there's being someone's being lazy. And then you know you have your firearms industry folks that are having this type of conversation. Um, but I will tell you this: uh, I've talked to a lot of people that that uh, a lot of manufacturers. And everyone is saying the exact same thing. We're having these exact same conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I just talked to somebody at a, a, a publicly traded company today. I was talking to their president, and um, it, you know, we were kind of talking about how the, how difficult this can be for us as manufacturers. It's like slow and steady is easy because at least we know how to forecast. Uh, we don't have to look into this crystal ball. 
uh, raw materials, all these things. Uh, every gun manufacturer is like a drug dealer. They all have the best shit on the planet. Right. So like there's that attitude. Right. Um, you know, Rafael and I dealt with those type of egos all the time. <laughs> you know, people are like, well, Ruger does it. Well, you're not Ruger. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, Stop comparing yourself. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I've heard that if it goes bang, it's selling. Um, and there's a on the influencer side, there's a huge opportunity right now because influencers have a lot of people that follow them and listen to what they say. And that opportunity is for us to be the good guy for once. Right. To, to promote the proper responsibility of firearms ownership, uh, the training, all those things that they have the opportunity with this new uh, audience that we have that we never had before, you know, and on a manufacturer side, there's still that, I think, uh, you know, I think there, there's a responsibility to kind of promote that same stuff. Let but, me, uh, let me switch the topic a little bit from, from the manufacturing side to what we're hearing in the news now, you know, with the, uh, with the, the DOJ, the ATF, uh, you know, with the attacking the polymer 80 attacking Q on the stabilizing braces. What, what are you hearing on that side of things from, from these people? From the influencers oh i mean they're, they're livid i mean look at your rob pincus's right look at your colleen noirs um you know obviously this is just a reminder i think adam had hit a lot of great points on topic of talking about this subject but it's just a reminder that this can happen and it's never safe right like it's always right around the corner and that's one of the things that i think the influencers need to make people understand and i think the industry as a whole and obviously I, I'm, I'm saying this from the standpoint of obviously I've walked the talk America. I think as an industry, we need to keep continuing to do more ourselves and get ahead of it. So we don't have these issues where they're, they're implementing these laws that will absolutely not save any more lives. Uh, but it's just virtue signaling at its finest. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, it's important for us to kind of circle the wagons. Um, we're obviously going to fight the fights in court, but we can do a lot more when it comes to being socially conscious and taking care of things to get to where the alcohol industry got with DUIs, right? Um, nobody gets behind the car and blames Johnny Walker. You know, the guy gets behind the car and, and does, does something stupid. Um, we have to continue to be socially conscious, do our thing, and then also fight the good fight uh, in court. And that's how I feel well, about it. even before it gets to court, you know, uh, right. just like the ATF, you know, they've got, they're not, they're not banning the stabilizing braces at this point, but what they're doing is they're clarifying, I guess, their interpretation of, of the, their, the ruling on it. So objective factors for classifying weapons with stabilizing braces. That's, that's kind of what's at play right now. Um, the big thing. From December 18th to January 4th, the ATF is accepting formal comments on the proposed rulemaking entitled Objective Factors for Classifying Weapons uh, with Stabilizing Braces. So you can actually go to their website and give your two cents on, um, I guess, what they're doing here, how you feel stabilizing braces should be categorized, how they should be um, used, I guess, uh, in a way. But the thing about it is they're asking for your name, your address, you know, all your your yeah. contact info. Basically, they're asking you to register with them. <laughs> it's another form <laughs> yeah, this, of registration. This will not be given to any Democrat operative ever, promise. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. the, the truth of the matter is, Marty, they don't, they don't care. care. They have to open it up. They have to take comments. 
They don't care. They're going to do what they're going to do regardless of what the comments say. Well, I don't they think they even have to, to open that. it up to comments. I don't think they even have to do that if they don't want to. Uh, but they have opened uh, it up. Before, before a new proposed ruling, they do have to allow industry and the public to comment for 14 days. Okay. Well, good good yeah. point. Um, yeah. So they're, they're allowing they, you to do that. they wanted to make it as hard, as, hard as, possible. as possible. Yeah. And and you have to register. I've had, you know, I've made some posts on this. There's been tons and tons of posts uh, about this. And I've had some of you ask, you know, send us a copy of what you sent and we'll copy and paste it. I was like, well, well, no, that kind of defeats the purpose because they're going to get glassy-eyed if they see the same thing over and over and over again. So you need to go in with your own original comments uh, and do that. Um, so go, and, and if you feel led to do it, do it. If, you know, if the registration part of it kind of bothers you, I mean, I get that. I understand it. But, um, you know, you can't be heard unless unless you speak up. So This is the, the problem with this, all these ridiculous laws that absolutely will not save one life like there's no there's no data that shows that doing this will make anybody safer in this planet um but to the to the average person and this is what i would uh, i i i beg of people that go on and make comments is is try to make them understand in what you say uh that for the average person who's like yeah, ban those. That makes sense, right? Because they're not gun people. Just like I don't play golf. If people started asking me, hey, should we ban this about golf? I might be like, sure, go ahead, right? Without fully understanding really what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the most important. This brace thing is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, and I, coming from the ungun gun guy or someone who just, you know, I was never that deep into it. Now having a firearm that that has these braces and understanding that, no, this is stupid. This is silly. This is absolutely not helping anybody. Like there are certain things that you could make a case for me where I might go, yeah, maybe, but I still think that law would do more harm than it does good. This is one of those things that absolutely will do nothing. Yeah. And it's not even a law. It's just, a, it's, it's their yeah. guiding factors on how they should be used. And right. the only way right. that it's going to, you know, become law is if somebody gets arrested or, you know, whatever by the ATF and has to go to court and then they fight it in court and you know most well, people well, aren't going to do that. Is, is well, the ATF the, has too much power. They don't have to make a law. They can openly make a decision mm -hmm. that affects everyone in this country and everyone decision. in this industry yeah. just because they feel like it. Because they've well, gone the, back and forth on the stabilizing the bad, braces several times. Several times. Yeah, but the, the bad thing is the bad thing is to your point. If somebody gets arrested, it's not going to be a, a concealed carry permit holder that's going to get arrested with an arm brace robbing a gas station or something. It's going to be the thug or whatever, the guy, you know, the, the criminal mm -hmm. that could care less if that law's in place or not. They're, that's where it's going to turn and say, oh, we got to ban these because now the criminals have them. Right, and, and that's, I, agree, I guess stupid. I should clarify that, but until, until a law-abiding citizen gets uh, in trouble with this, you know, are we not going to really see anything? Because the Polymer 80, the whole thing that really sparked that, that gave them the the excuse to, to go in and uh, start attacking the 80% was there was a, a murder. I can't remember where it was, but uh, there was one that was used in a crime that was committed uh, not too long ago. So they, uh, you know, so now we're seeing them attack just like they did Q. So I can only imagine that in the time from when Q to when this happened to when Polymer 80, that they're going to have a whole nother redefinition or reclarification of what an 80% firearm it's not a firearm it's 80% it's not a firearm yet you know it's not even a firearm it's completely legal 
um, you know, to have an 80 percenter and build it and, and manufacture it yourself at home. Yeah. I'm, but there's I mean, rules. There's rules and guidelines that you have to follow for that and to be able to do that. So, yeah, absolutely. But that's like saying that you have to register a billet of aluminum if you purchase it. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's completely insane. And, and, and to Mike's point, it's not going to save one single life. It's not going to stop any crimes from happening. Yeah. No, and the funny thing is, if you look at the latest the latest checks, right, the the highest uh, set of checks was in what state? Illinois, which is one of the worst gun states, you know, out they of all the most of restrictions of any state. And they also and they have, they have the highest murder guns rate being sold in Illinois than anywhere. I think it's Illinois and Kentucky were number one and number two yeah. to the tune of like eight. I don't remember what the number it was a stupid number millions in, in Illinois recently that were doing checks for guns. So it's crazy. So these, these stabilizing braces, the, the 80 percenter, you know, these are just the minutia of what the, the real problem is, the real issue. And it's the, the national firearms act is the real problem. And that's what really needs to be, um, repealed in my opinion. You know, yeah. the, well, absolutely it happened in the last four years. I don't see it happening anytime soon. No, but that, I mean, that's what really people need to focus on and not could, because that's what they get us focused on bump stocks. You know, they get us focused on this little thing that they're going to try to take away from us and, or, you know, regulate, uh, you know, put extreme regulations on when that's really not the issue. The issue is, I mean, if you look at all this, like you said, it's not going to save one life whatsoever, what they're doing here. It's not going to change anything. All it is is a big inconvenience to law-abiding citizens um, that follow the law and you know use their firearms the way that they they're supposed to be used, uh, and it's the NFA that is so uh, wrong here, and that's what needs to be addressed, in my opinion. Agreed. I agree. So I got I have a question, and you know we're talking about all this, and I think it's a question as you know an employee from a manufacturer, especially from the marketing point. Obviously, I'm involved heavily in the politics of it. But I, I see this so often on threads and on social media and, you know, Century Arms and I know Glock and, and a number of these other companies have taken adamant stance and they are, you know, constantly, um, you know, donating and, and utilizing assets to, to protect our rights. But I see so many, you know, just concerned citizens say, what can I actually do to help? And they can, you know, obviously they can write their congressman, they can write their senator. But in you guys' opinion, and I'm asking for my own curiosity, what can the average concerned citizen do that is actually going to make a difference in protecting their rights? What can they do on a local level that then truly makes a difference in protecting their rights on a federal level? I think it's also, I mean, getting more involved in, you know, you got like concealed carry and all that other stuff that people get involved in that can actually go and promote promote and get involved in that stuff at a, an early stage. Um, little things, I mean, a local gun range and doing stuff for your local communities where you can show people that it's not, you know, what they're doing is just taking something away from you to protect yourself. I mean, right now, as, as we've always seen, women are the fastest growing market. First time buyers are the fastest growing market. Why are most women buying guns to protect their kids, protect their family, stuff like that. And then as we saw in what, 2009, all those, uh, the huge increase of first time buyers there, they actually turned out and figured out they liked guns after about six months, and they came back and bought more guns, which typically, you know, you don't see that. You'll see a huge increase 
let's say you send an increase of 20% in first time buyers that usually drops off and they don't go back and buy another gun, right? right? They bought one, that's it. And for the manufacturers and distributors and dealers, they bought that in the last quarter. They don't buy another gun in the first quarter, but we haven't seen that over the last few years because I think people are going out, especially women, uh, younger purchasers, their first guns are going out. They're actually enjoying shooting with family, especially now with COVID ranges have been, you know, the, the business there has been outrageous as well. And they're seeing the same thing where they're coming back and actually trying to buy more guns. One, because they like it. They found out it's not, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't shoot itself off a table and hit somebody in the, in the hip at dinner. You know, it's, it's actually got to be pointed at somebody or something you aim to do harm to. And that's, that's where I think a lot of people can get more involved. I mean, even if you're at a bar at a restaurant, I've had this conversations with countless people at a, at a, at a restaurant or sitting at the bar with, with the wife and talking and be like, you know, we hate guns. Why do you hate guns? AR 15. What's an assault rifle? No, actually it's not. This is what it is. And then you pull up pictures of your phone, right? On your phone with like the Smith and Wesson 22 mm -hmm. uh, AR looks just like an AR 15 that shoots two, two, three or five, five, six and ask them, which one is the, which one's the bad one? Well, they're both bad. Well, why? Well, no, this shoots 22. All you, I mean, you can do whatever you want with this. It's not going to do anything, but it looks just like this one. And a lot of times you'll, you, they may not turn the corner and go buy a gun, but you can have a, you know, a conscious conversation with somebody in a civil conversation. I think that's the biggest part too, with all this other stuff going on, everybody is so d divided and it's either you support guns or you don't support guns. You're a Democrat, you're a Republican, period. There's no middle ground anymore, and you can't have a regular conversation with somebody to have the same kind of discussion we're talking, like Mike says. These laws we're doing over here are going to do absolutely nothing across the country, even in that state, to save one person, not one. And most, if you actually just, as we've all said before, if you just, if you just uh, enforce the laws that are on the books, it will do more good than having new laws. Because we all know, and the criminals don't care what the laws are. Yeah. But if you, if you catch a guy, he shouldn't be caught four or five, six times as a felon with a firearm and get thrown out on the street or no cash bail or whatever it is, no bail, whatever. And they just let them go for whatever reason. Doesn't matter whether they got a gun or not. Yeah. Sometimes they don't even know. Like, I'll give you a prime example with Walk Talk America. We I'm on the governor's challenge and the mayor's challenge team in Nevada. And we we have mental health professionals uh, in the state of Nevada right now that are working towards changing the language of the red flag law and the transfer law, right? And that, that simply became out of relationship with Walk the Talk America because when you kind of sit down, you have that civil conversation and you you let people say whatever they want and you meet them where they're at. So if you hate guns, okay, that's fine. And Walk guns. the Talk America is for our new listeners. That, that's the organization that I founded two years ago that, that bridges the gap between mental health and firearms, right? And we look for solutions where people can get the help they need without fear of consequence um, when they're in crisis, right? And that's the most important thing is saving lives. But I'll give you an example, the transfer law. Almost every single mental health clinician didn't understand how dangerous the transfer law could be. Uh, two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, they changed the law to where you can't pass your firearm to somebody else. Now, on the surface, that seems, when you think of the worst case scenario, like a good idea. Like you can't pass your gun to a gangbanger or somebody's going to go use it to do something right. violent, which is the default place where most people's minds go to. They didn't think that when people are in crisis, you going over to say to Corey's house and saying, hey, look, man, you don't look like you're doing so well. Can I take your firearm for a couple of days until you straighten some things out, which most of us would all gladly hand it over if we're in crisis? Like 
gun owners are responsible. They sure. look for a way to actually do something without being punished. Um, they didn't think about that. So then I'm sitting in a room and we're, we're discussing this, having this nuanced conversation, right? Um, and it's like, yeah, we really do need to change the way that the verbiage is written in this law because it does make people felons for doing the right thing. And that's the most important thing that we have to consider when we talk about these things um, is making, and I go back to that, like meet them where they're at and then make them understand and do it in a nice way. It doesn't have to be like brimstone and fire. Yeah, and I, I want to touch on that too. And I think, you know, I think it says something that we're all agreeing on this. The firearms industry as a whole is a, you know, is we know still to this day is 94% male driven. It really is. And, and it's growing. And the fastest segmentation that's growing is female. But with that comes, you do have a certain mentality of a lot of the guys, especially the most vocal uh, owners. We are, we're all kind of alphas. A lot of us are. And you even listen to, I mean, the whole, the whole, humor in the, in the Richards podcast is we all give each other a really hard time. We're kind of savage on each other. Well, unfortunately, that, you know, parlays across the entire industry, especially social media and things like that. You know, a lot of us are savage. And, and, and the problem is that while there's a lot of humor and fun in it, it can also be very intimidating and it can also be very destructive if done in a negative way. You know, we tear each other apart more than the outside tears us apart. It, it really is true. And if you look at it, just look on any page, you know, People, 95% of the people in the country could love Glock, but the, those people aren't some of the people that are going on social media and talking about it. There's people just trashing it, and same with us, and same with Bursa, and anything. And it's because sometimes people feel the need to be negative in our space. Right now is the time more than ever that the industry needs to come together, not only from the companies, but also the individuals. This isn't a time for infighting and which brand is better or if somebody asks a question that they deem dumb, that they should know the answer to already, to destroy them. What we need to do is we need to be approachable and we need to realize that regardless of what your brand choice is, this is so much bigger than that. It's about rights and it's about protection of our country and those rights and our families and our neighbors and really take the time when we can still rib each other, have a good time, to realize that we're a community and a community needs to stick together or they're no longer going to be a community. And I'll get off my high horse, but I think it's really important now more than ever. I don't think you're that. on a high horse at all, man. You're you're just stating the, the facts, you know, and, and that is a fact is that within this industry there's so much divisiveness already that yeah. if you look at if you look at why the anti-gunners are having so much success as of late, yes, maybe they're not playing by the rules and stuff, but they are they're 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 joined on the agreements and their agreement is just so broad and ridiculous is guns are bad that's where they're at and so they've taken these talking points like starting with ars and you know quote unquote assault rifles and stuff like that and they've created this narrative that all of the people that are anti-gun agree on and they're just marching with that initiative if if the firearms the pro firearms community can come to that hey we are all in this together, and you know what? It's about our Second Amendment right more than it's about a brand or a caliber or or disincluding people that don't know what we think is enough information about it. And we can be inclusive like that. We are just as much of a powerful force, if not more. You know, over 70 million, what is it, like over 100 million gun owners now in this country? I mean, it's crazy, the number. We have such a huge percentage of the population that is adamantly for, you know, exercising our Second Amendment rights. We'd be an unstoppable force if we can actually do this together. Well sure. said, man. That, that's, that's I'm why on board. All you in Georgia need to go vote. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if you live in Tennessee and you want to go to Georgia about, feel free. <laughs> it's allowed. Heck, heck, get a mail-in vote. <laughs> that's yeah. apparently that's- you know, that's one cool thing about the Richards podcast, honestly, guys. If you think about it, there's three straight-up competitors all right now. We compete in the exact same space for the same customers. But we see a bigger picture of the, the gun community as a whole community where – even though we we all sell, make, market different products, they are still part of the gun community, the firearms community, and we're all sitting here talking about the same things, regardless of brand, regardless of anything else, um, because we all have the same goal. You know, today we want to have the American people exercise their Second Amendment right. We want to provide them with quality firearms at whatever price point they're comfortable with and they can afford, and with a variety. I mean. That's what we're here to do. We're all here to do the same thing at the end of the day. And uh, it's cool that we can all sit down and talk like this and just be friends and kick it. It'd be great if your company would pay you more so you get a better internet connection. (laughs) I've always said that I thought the firearms, what I loved about the firearms community is that you can stick us all in a room, whether it be SHOT Show or NSCW or whatever. And everybody there, for the most part, is competing against each other for the same spot. But we always... For the most part, I like just about everybody in the industry. But you know, I've always that's what I've always found the sense of community in this industry is is really outstanding. And um, you know, I do, but I see exactly what Adam's talking about. When you get outside of the 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 manufacturers and all that sort of thing, when you get to the guys that are sitting on their computers, they're with you know, trolling on the internet, that's where you see a lot of crazy stuff. But Really, when you get on the inside of this industry, for the most part, everybody gets along really well, and that's always one of been been one of my favorite things about this industry. Um, I've met some of the best people I've ever met anywhere in a competitor's booth, you know, and um, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, there's room for all of us, and uh, we all are, are working and thinking about the bigger picture. Very well Great. said. I honestly feel like we'd all need to cuss each other out right now because this is hands down been far too productive of a conversation. <laughs> this has yeah, been, has been we really kind of got the, the most productive on. Richard show ever. <laughs> well, it's not it's not at 10 a.m. at the shot show. We're not all sweating out last night's festivities right now. Uh, some of us to hold our heads up off the table. Some of us are. <laughs> uh, so let's get back to Christmas, you know, because we're having this big, huge giveaway uh, with Talking Lead. And uh, we've got five packages that we're giving away. And in those packages, there's a firearm in each one of those. We've got a Browning uh, Buckmark 22 LR pistol in one of the packages. It's going to come with a Stealth Project rimfire suppressor. We've got a Glock G48 in our prize package two. Prize package three comes with a MMP9 from uh, Smith & Wesson MP9, and that's from Primary Arms. Uh, and then on our last two, we've got Sky CPX with their red dots. Uh, so we've got prize package four and five that will each have a Sky in one of those. And then each package, each one of those gun packages, will come with an additional like two grand uh, in prizes. We've got ammo, we've got backpacks, we've got knives from Buck Knives, Mission First Tactical, has got some pepper spray and some talking lead dump trays. And then we've even got cigars from Founder Cigar Company. 
that that's in there. But you can go and get the complete list. Um, go to my website. Go to our Facebook page. Go to uh, Instagram. I've made posts there. There's links where you can enter in the Instagram bio. There's a link there you can go. Uh, even one of those, one of the QR codes, we've got QR codes that you can go and uh, and enter to win. But as you're listening to this, there's only like one or two days left, so you got to hurry. Uh, and good luck. I hope you guys win. So speaking of Christmas and, and gifts and cool things, talk about what's what's like the the most exciting gift that you're that you really want to give or that you've got for somebody. Talk about the most exciting one that you're you're anxious to give. I want to get Guido Richard a haircut. He looks. <laughs> I'm talking about actual real presents that you've bought and you're going to give somebody. You like your new girlfriend, Adam? What are you getting her? Wow. Oh wow! While we're on here right now, I'm actually on Supercuts trying to buy a gift card and send it to him. <laughs> wearing a hat. All right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you should keep wearing a hat. That'd be great. Uh, no sweat band in there. In there. I don't know. There might actually be a supercuts right no next door. No sweat. No sweat. <laughs> the most innovative headband ever. Yes. Yeah. It's a maxi pad for your hat. <laughs> is that is that still a thing? Are you still selling those? I, I've never sold them. I was just helping those guys he out. Gave them away. <laughs> yeah, he, just, he just gave us all no sweat. <laughs> I still got a package of those. I love them. They're still around. I think that was. Wasn't that the year that he was asleep at a uh, big three in the car and he couldn't get out of the car? <laughs> Literally 25 gun manufacturers dumping thousands of rounds of ammo 20 feet from him. And my man slept in the car for five hours. <laughs> it was a bad day. It was a good night, though. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a great night. night. Yeah. So, Adam, talk about talk about the uh, like the ultimate gift that you're going to be giving uh, to whoever. Oh. Come on. I tell you, you know, if, if I was going to, the ultimate gift right now is realistically is ammo. And I know, I know it's kind of a cliche, but, uh, I was able to get some ammo and, you know, I was able to get it at cost, um, which is still way higher than it used to be, you know, like I said, but I was able all my buddies and stuff. I said, I tell you what, that'll be my Christmas gift this year. So it's, you know, 250 pounds. Ammo's gold. Yeah. 500 rounds here. I got my dad a thousand rounds of nine millimeter brass. So, nice. you know, yeah. So that's, that's a big one this year. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's tough because, you know, people are buying these guns and they can't afford to go shoot them, you know? And so having some excess while you, while you can still, you know, make sure you keep enough to keep your family safe to actually know, I think as a gift to get it for people so that they can go shoot and Absolutely. they don't feel. Yeah. If you can get it, give it. Absolutely. I agree with that. Now, what you dodged the question. What are you getting your girlfriend? All right. First off, we talked about these labels. Um, <laughs> well, she is a girl, right? And she is a friend. You're going to spend the holidays with her family. She's your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, definitely your girlfriend, Adam. Hey, I got a gift. Get her the Walk to Talk America patch. <laughs> 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 you get on walktotalkamerica.org. <laughs> Jesus, and for fifty for a low donation of forty nine ninety nine, you too can have a <laughs> Walk to Talk America. That's a free gift with a twenty five dollar donation. Which if you go fifty, she's getting a shirt. just like a Haynes Haynes extra large. And and, be, and and the fact that I control the uh, you know what goes out of the little warehouse back here, I'll even throw in a wristband. 
So Ooh, go ahead. Look at Make a little note. Hey, let him know it's you. He threw in a hair scrunchie and he's sold. On your behalf. <laughs> and by warehouse, he means it's directly behind that <laughs> backdrop he has on his podcast right there. All yeah, right. No, so it's... Adam's not going to answer the question. Uh, let's <laughs> let's move on to to top Richard. What are you uh, What are you excited to give this year? Man, you know I'm not uh, because I'm not I'm not going to see my family or whatever. Um, You're not giving shit this year. <laughs> that- not, yeah, I'm not doing shit. I'm not. I didn't. I didn't ask for anything. I'm praying for good health in 2021. Um, I did. My my brother wanted some woodworking stuff, so I got him some of that stuff and sent it to him. Okay. Right, if I think you should get a picture, a picture for the wall in your motel sex hotel room because uh, something. A new lamp. Well, this is very transitional, so I don't want to. I don't want to make it too humble. <laughs> why don't you splurge and uh, give yourself a <laughs> for Christmas? Okay. <laughs> so, Dini. I'm just going to continue to give money uh, to my daughters and my wife, like <laughs> just I always money. do, like every day. Yeah. So different. So you're like here to go buy yourself something nice. Yeah, it's just the way it is. I I, I think I'm. The way that they see me is a human ATM. So you are you are dominated by women in that household, aren't you? I am, and it just the hair constantly. the hair shows it. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm a, all right. Look, I'm gonna wear a hat. You happy? I, I was wondering like, how he keeps it so black. The human wallet. How does his how does his hair stay so black? That's what I want to know. Two jeans. Two No sweat. <laughs> what about you, Corey? Um, I can't really talk about mine because I'm at the house of the kids. But there's a there's Whisper. a few, whatever they get, they'll, they'll have fun giving it to them. Whisper, tell us what it is. Tell us what it is. What? Whisper. What? Tell us what it is. Whisper. No. They don't listen to the show. <laughs> Come on. No one listens to. The no, show. I don't really. I don't really have one thing that I've. That I'm. I don't have one thing. That one thing that's that like out. I know when this person opens this, the look on their face is going to be priceless. Well, that's all of them because we buy great gifts for everybody. Oh, look at you go. Okay. All right. My wife does all the shopping, so it's always great. All their eyes light up. So you have no idea what you're giving. (laughs) (laughs) That's the real answer. (laughs) What about you, Drew? Oh, I don't know. Um, Get my dad. I got him some stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're not doing the big, we're not doing the big family Christmas. Usually, like, I have, like, I got like 23 nieces and nephews, so I always get them like ridiculous shit, like hatchets and swords and switchblades. What? Um, for and harmonicas, just crap to irritate my brothers and sisters. Um, <laughs> you know, but like we're not doing any harmonicas. Of that this year, so I didn't. <laughs> oh no, I got I got like all my all my nieces and nephews that were three and under last year. I bought them harmonicas. My oh. brothers and sisters were pissed. Yeah, um, that feels so, so like, Nashville to me. Like that's the Nashville gift. Like here's your harmonica. Well, just to make noise and be loud and irritating. Um, and then like you know my like eight year old nephew always buy him like you know like switchblades and shit he's not supposed to have and his parents have to take it away from him. Yeah, throwing stars. You know, numchucks. Like yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That's what I do. That's my job. Um, you know, the, the what is it? A punk? A professional uncle? No kids. So. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I just always buy all my nieces and nephews like just outlandish stuff that pisses off their parents mostly. Um, I was thinking about bringing a bag of kittens this year, but you know, since oh. we're not getting together, <laughs> a bag of kittens. <laughs> what about you, Lefty? 
Oh, so I mean, hands down, without a without a doubt, it's the Christmas ain't canceled giveaway promotion that we're doing uh, with. Oh yeah, with Full Ready. Thirty Network. You know, I mean, it don't get no better than that. So hold hold on. So you just asked us all that dumbass question just so you could set up another promo. <laughs> <laughs> I want our listeners to have a great Christmas. No, your leadheads just listen to us ramble for the last eight minutes about the dumb shit we're buying, so that you they could just promote. You didn't even say you wouldn't even tell us what you're buying your girlfriend. Yep. What are you buying? (laughs) Yep. I don't have one anymore. I don't have to buy one. I'm girlfriendless. (laughs) <laughs> Leadheads, he's available. <laughs> Another segue into something you're advertising. Talkingled at gmail.com. No, seriously though, I'm I, I've been very excited to put this together. Uh, it's been a long time coming and getting this together. We got over 20 companies that are taking part. Uh, like I mentioned, Browning, Glock, uh, Primary Arms, Night Vision. Geisley, Buck Knives, Crossbreed Holsters, Glow Rhino, uh, ASP, Armament Systems and, and Procedures, Operator Coffee, Prime One Camo, Mission First Tactical, Obsidian Arms, Modern Spartan Systems, Ready Man, Student of the Gun, Double Tap Ammo. We've even got ammo in each one of these, uh, these prize packages. You've got ammo in there. It's gold these days, like Adam said. Uh, Talking Lead, we're including our T-shirts, our patches, 1776 United, got a nice gift card, uh, and Founder's Cigar, like I said, there's a four-pack of sampler cigars in there, too. And if you win this and you're like, oh, you know, I don't smoke, uh, or, hey, that backpack, don't really care for that, hey, give it to somebody. Re-gift it, you know? that That's the beauty of it. Don't be stingy. I'll step it up a notch, too, just to make it interesting. So I want you to take take the first five people that – can email you after listening to this the names, the real name and the richer name of each one of us and the company we work for or organization we represent. And then I want you to draw one of them and give one of them a choice of a thousand rounds of nine millimeter Red Army Standard or a thousand rounds of two two three Red Army Standard. I'm writing this down because you, you this is completely unplanned. So <laughs> so yeah. So Leadheads, shoot That's me. That's how we roll. You shoot, know that. Shoot me an email at talkingled uh, at gmail.com and tell each Richard's Richard name, their real name, and the company that they represent. Is that right? Yep. And then you the first take the first five of the people that can actually do that and then draw one of them. And whoever wins will get, get the information and find out they want a thousand rounds of Red Army Standard two two three. Or a thousand rounds of Red Army Standard nine millimeter. Okay, and then Adam and I are going to do a, a social media live to announce the winner when we do. I can that. handle it. It'll be sometime after New Year's, maybe. Okay. Before New Year's, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But this is it. So talkingledgmail.com. Send me an email, and uh, there you go. Thousand rounds of your choice of of one of those. The winner will get That's a million bucks right now. I think you ought to do another another promotion for Adam's gift for his girlfriend. <laughs> if they can guess they, what they it email is. Email in the best gift that Adam can give his girlfriend. See what they come up with. His new girlfriend. That one, because he's got to buy her something. Hey, Corey, are your kids in the room right now? Do they know that you got each one of them a PS5 for Christmas? Did they know? No, it? I, I tried that, and they weren't going to be here in time. <laughs> each, <laughs> got PS5 and a pony? 
What? <laughs> a trip yeah, to him, Disney uh, World. I told him Tall Richard was going to send it over, but he wasn't going to make it in time. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Tall Richard. <laughs> Very good. And That's then right. get him a puppy. Uh, if you guys listened to the last episode, we had uh, Guardian Targets and Seal One on, and uh, we're putting together a, a a giveaway with them. That's going to be announced, uh, Adam, on the first episode of the Talking Lead AK Corner Season Three. Big stuff. Which Century Arms is going to be sponsoring again this year? Subtle plug. <laughs> <laughs> so, so shoot me the email, talkingleadgmail.com, uh, for Adam's giveaway. And like I said, we'll announce that live, social media coming up. And then our giveaway that we're doing with the Christmas Ain't Canceled, we've got that. So I don't know of a podcast that gives you more than Talking Lead. Do you guys? Talking Lead gives a lot of good stuff away. Holy shit. And our, and our, our sponsors and friends of the show. Companies like Century Arms. Companies like Glock. Companies like Eagle Imports. Companies like... I mean, Walk to Talk America has even uh, given us some stuff. You know, we've had some bracelets and, and things like that to, to give out. Um, hey, I got some patches and some shirts. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, Denny, plug Walk to Talk America. Tell everybody how they can get involved with that and what they can do and to help. Okay, if you want to help, you can go to walkthetalkamerica.org or wtta.org. Uh, on social media, it's at Walk the Talk US. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can go check out, see what we're doing, uh, see see how we're being socially conscious in the two A realm. Um, and if you want to get behind it, we'd appreciate it. Uh, we have no salaried employees. Everybody does this for the love of the game, um, and we're doing some great things. So wtta.org or on social media at Walk the Talk US. Corey, plug plug Glock. Plug Glock. If you want to. Hell, go to the range, pick the one of your choice, buy as many as you can while supplies last. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck getting one, right? Hey, while supplies last, get there early. Early bird gets the gun. Top Richard. Raphael. Uh, EagleImportsInc.com, Versa.com, MetroArms.com. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Just easy to find, and uh, the 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 website and the uh, and the social media is easy to find. Apparently, our guns aren't right now. So, like Corey said, get to the gun store early. We are shipping. We are still in business, there you go. but uh, they're 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 a little hard to come by these days. So, good luck out there. We're doing our best. Adam, Andrew. Yeah, so obviously, uh, CenturyArms.com shows all the product line we're carrying. Uh, make sure you check it out in gun stores across the country. Uh, CanicUSA.com showing out all the superior firearms that we've got to offer, as well as some really cool stuff up and coming. RedArmyStandard.com um, and then USPalm.com weathering any storm with some amazing accessories. And all of these uh, brands are also available to follow on social media we're gonna be doing some cool giveaways as well over the next couple weeks uh with the holidays in mind so yeah again thank you for your support thank you so much talking lead for having us on you know not a lot of people say anymore but merry christmas happy holidays and i hope everybody has a safe and wonderful new year drew adam just said everything that i rep so uh good to go there (laughs) but uh merry christmas to all the lead heads for new year's marty we're having some people over so if you didn't got plans you got them now is uh, Cubana coming? 
you, Bonachica. I don't. I'm, I would assume. Nice. I'll be there. <laughs> all right so Leadheads, make sure you go and show them all love go subscribe to them on their uh, social medias like their post let them know that you're Leadheads, that you support them uh, and then of course the sponsors of our show the ones that make this possible for you Leadheads, each and every week buck knives fioki ammo mission first tactical keltec century arms coming season three ak corner Go show them some love. Let them know you want it. You need it. Got to have it. And then um, all the friends of our show, the people that took part in our giveaway, um, go and show them some love as well. So until the next episode, Leadheads, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and keep your loved ones close. Nobody. Oh, else. and your firearms closer. Sorry. <laughs> and your powder dry. <laughs> we really. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. Ha, ha, ha.